Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business, Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company as we kick off the afternoon with the call. 10 stocks that you've suggested, I put it to two experts. For their opinion, we throw in a stock of the day and uh, it's always a lot of fun. Um, share market up solid today uh, so far. But one thing that did catch my attention and uh, would have for those regular viewers of the call is um, Zip up something like 15% today. Remember Mathan uh, Sobhasandaram from uh, Deep Data Analytics yesterday? We were... I forget what we were discussing at the time, but he was talking about watch tech companies that have um, a lot of shorts in it because with the rebound in tech stocks that they'd have to unwind them all and you'll see a pop in the share price. And I asked him, okay, name a stock that you reckon would be doing that. And he goes, watch Zip. And uh, up 15% today, he did send me an email reminding me of it earlier this morning. Uh, but yeah, just interesting to see the sorts of information we get out of our expert panel. And today we've got an equally good one. Uh, Kevin Robertson from Team Invest joins us. Kevin, how are you, sir? Hello, David. I'm very well, thank you. Very good. well. Good. And Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, good to see you. You're well? Oh, absolutely. Good. How can I not be? Good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Live from our Barangaroo studios, it's terrific. Let's get stuck into it. Hey, in this half hour, the first half hour of the call, we'll be covering Lake Resources, Lendlease, Elders, Aristocrat, and also Appen. But I thought stock of the day, take a look at Boral. Boral will return $3 billion to shareholders. It'll do it through a special cash distribution of $2.70 to a share, comprised of a capital reduction and an unfranked dividend. Markets uh, taking kindly to the news, uh, the stock up 6%. Uh, I also noticed they've done a deal with the tax office um, on the tax implication. It's confirmed that no part of the capital reduction will be treated as a dividend. Uh, and the ATO is expected to issue a class ruling regarding the capital reduction. This should contain details on how shareholders will need to treat the return. Um, Rudy, what did you think of the announcement and uh, and Boral's yeah, share price at the yeah, moment? I think the share price says it all. Yep. Uh, in, in, a, in a broader sense, this is one of the reasons why, um, while a whole bunch of laggards, market laggards, who have, who have not really been well for shareholders over the past, let's call it, past few years. Yep. Well, in this year, they might actually become interesting. And, right. and, and Boral is, is showing why that is. Um, I mean, if, if they are able to sell assets at a reasonable price and then return to shareholders, it's in mm. your pocket. I mean, mm. it doesn't disappear by the next sell-off you have in the, in the markets. Having said so, 
uh, investors who want to jump on board here, they have to realize that the market is quite efficient. I mean, right. Once this is paid out to shareholders, it will be out of the share price. So it's not right. like you're getting anything for free here. Okay, so you've got to, um, uh, shareholders will register for this if they're on the register on February 7th. Yeah, so you, so still, have, you still have time. That's, yeah. that's what the share price is telling you. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yes. So is there any free money to be made of buying Boral at 6.24, yeah, or is that yes. now already yeah, being yeah, built yeah. I'm not so sure. Maybe a little bit, but I'm not so sure. And I think, in general terms, often when you buy, when you chase stocks and, and the payout is quite close nearby, you're sometimes just chasing your tail. I mean, right. I, mean I wouldn't, I would think that you buy Boral because of the, 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 the fundamentals that at the moment, I have to say, don't look as bad as they have been for the past few years. Right. And, and some people out there are convinced, for example, that the, the local housing market here still has a two, three good years under its belt. Yep. In that case, all else being equal, Boral should perform quite well. It should be right. supported by those market dynamics. Having said so, I'm not a big fan of, of owning companies that have a very checkered past right. and I'm probably being mild now about Boral. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, so I'm not a big fan of stocks like Boral. I personally think you, uh, you seek out the, the, the quality uh, in the sector and, and you, you take that through the cycle and in this case that would be James Hardy right. which on the quality scale doesn't, yeah, even, yeah. doesn't even see where Boral sits on the ladder. Right. And uh, but hey, and also ball. At, we should all realize now it's seventy percent controlled by, by Stokes oh, and, and yeah. his mates. Um, by, so by you, you so you really are a minority shareholder, and and the company's basically run for the seventy percent shareholder at this point in time. Right. Um, and that also for me is often a sign of not going there. I mean, there are other examples like like a Virgin, for example, before they went bankrupt, yeah. that the float is really too too small. Um, and and you, you better you better have companies that have a very large liquidity and a very large number of shareholders. Okay, all right. So uh, and I wouldn't chase it. I'm, I'm not putting my biased no uh, yes yes on yes because yes. I, I have links there. But yes, okay. Boral checkered history. Yes, regarded as being badly managed. Mm. A uh, you're being you're being mild now. Uh, right, mild. <laughs> yes. Big investor comes in. Yes. To keep it honest, yes. To get rid of its dogs, its skeletons in the cupboard, yes. And act more in the in the interest of shareholders. So yeah. why shouldn't you follow? Well, the share that big shareholder. The share the share price is not exactly cheap here. So right. what you're counting on is that the the the, the forecast of Boral will prove better than yeah. currently is priced in, right? Which is is not inconceivable. Maybe you've missed the boat. But it, it would have been better if you, if you bought it at a little bit at a lower price. Before, the, before today's rally, for example, yeah, yeah. would and make a big difference. Maybe when the Stokes bought in. Yes. Kevin, <laughs> um, what did you think of uh, the announcement today? And do you like Boral as a stock? It, it, it's interesting. I, um, yes, I, I have to agree with Rudy. Um, and it's not one of the stocks that we look at at Team Invest largely, as Rudy says, because of its checkered past. You know, we like we like a long history of uh, good returns. What's interesting to me is to look at the strategy, because what Stokes is saying or what they are saying is that they're selling off all their overseas underperforming assets in order to focus on reinvigorating the Australian business. 
Um, historically, of course, businesses trying to move overseas out of Australia, it's very, very difficult, and most of them don't succeed, would seem to be the case with this one as well. Uh, and I, I wonder if maybe that is what uh, they put to the tax office, because effectively what's happening, the small dividend is unfranked. And I wonder if they put to the tax office that by coming fully back to Australia, we'll be paying Australian tax. So mm. I wonder if that was uh, was one of the things they mentioned. I mean, obviously, I don't know. But yes, I, I agree with Rudy. It's not one that uh, that I would look at at the moment. And yes, with a kick up in price in particular, it's, uh, you know, I find it difficult to try and anticipate what it would do in the future and to, to be confident about future returns. Okay. All right. Um, Tim... Uh, Kevin wants to be on late resources. Uh, Tim says, I've been a holder since 30 cents. Uh, done all right. And they've expanded yes. their production. Uh, announcements of offtake partners to come. They've got a pilot plant about to start uh, shortly. Is it a buy, hold or sell? Of course, they're the big um, explorer of lithium uh, brine projects in Argentina. Yes, and uh, they call it clean lithium uh, from the, the fact that it's from the brine. It's not one that passes our filters. It, in the 10 years of history that we have, it's, it's not made uh, any profit at all. So, and if you look at the um, shares outstanding, uh, it's virtually gone up every year. And it's a, it's, it's a classic one of these mining companies that, or exploration companies, if you like, that hasn't made a profit yet. And so you're hoping for the future, if you like. Uh, now, Tim says he's, he's bought in at 30 cents. It's uh, the last I looked, it was around 90 cents. So he has actually done very well. Um, in terms of his question, buy, hold or sell, if it was me, uh, given the way we invest and looking at fundamentals, if I had bought it at 30 cents and uh, I'm uh, looking at 90 cents now, I, I believe I would be extremely tempted to sell. Okay. Rudy? Two big calls. Well, there's one to sell. I'm not so sure. Well, anyway. Um, newlyweds and their honeymoon period. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not start getting romantic, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> I just tried, tried to, uh, to spice it up a little bit. The irony with, uh, with, uh, with exploration companies is that yep. it's often better to own them when they're not doing anything and they just have a hole, a hole in the ground. Ah, and right. uh, from the moment they actually turn into producers, uh, a lot of problems uh, occur and they often translate into a lot of pressure on the share, share price can, can fall a lot. Yeah. And you just have to go back in recent history, for example, see how volatile, for example, the, the Linus share right. price has been. And that is, mm. and I'm not picking one where the commodity price fluctuates, I'm picking one where with basic operational problems. And that always occurs. They never go at nameplate immediately. There's always something going wrong. Uh, the, the, there's always a delay in the construction. And then obviously the, the plan doesn't completely match up. So the easy part is to jump on an exploration company where the, where the, the fundamentals, <laughs> the dynamics are very, very, yeah. Beneficial, and it's easy to promise. And they can't exactly; yeah. they can't disappoint. Yeah. Yeah? The only yeah. thing they have to do is to exist. Yeah. And and investors are very happy because they just jump on the share price because hey, lithium is going up. Yeah. Fine. So the share price goes up. That's the easy part. So why I start off with newlyweds is there's also a saying on Wall Street that some of the stocks or some of the girls you date, you better just date them and, and don't end up marrying them. Right. 
and that's a very <laughs> sexist uh, uh, joke, I know. Uh, we, could, we could say that not all the fluffy dogs need to be patted, but <laughs> the, the, the long and the short of it here, while, while you've done really, really well at this part of the cycle, and it would appear that the, the, the industry dynamics for uh, lithium, and I'm now relying on the analyst reports I see, yeah. for at least the coming months look positive. Yep. So this sector is on the high, but it won't last. That's yeah. point number one, it's still a commodity. And the second thing is be careful from the moment when they actually get very close to producing. Right. They will need money. Then the technical problems come in and, and, and you, and you yeah. get, you, by, de by default, a lower share price. Yeah. And that's almost, with all the examples I've looked at, it's almost always the case. So yes, it's easy to say like, I'm a long-term believer in the electrification of the world. Yeah. But between now and the long-term future, there is, a, there is a lot that can happen in between. Okay. And while you have tripled your money, be happy. Oh. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I'm, I'm with Kevin. It's not my style of investing. Right. I, I like something more tangible underneath the share price. And this is just money flowing in and market sentiment. So would you sell? If you're uh, well, it, maybe, maybe a triple your money, you, maybe you want to secure it a little bit, but I wouldn't necessarily sell everything. Right. A, a, right. A, a very beneficial technique that investors can use is that you sell your initial inland yep. and yep. let the rest run. Yep. Yep. It might still triple again. Yep. You have a free run, just take your investment and you can, out. And you can never lose them yeah. from yeah, that yeah. point onwards. Yep. No, that's a good way of doing it. All right, um, Rudy, Ben wants a view on Lend-Lease. Uh, ben says, um, as a potential turnaround stock, uh, the share price looks like it's bottom. So might be a good risk reward position. Of course, it's the, the massive international property and infrastructure group. That is a horrible looking chart, isn't it? Uh, with yes. operations in Australia, Asia, Europe and the Americas. Um, is it a turnaround stock? Let me start by showing my age. I remember when Lendlease <laughs> sold their fund management business, uh, MLC, to a National Australia Bank. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. I, I remember going to a Dick Dusseldorp uh, annual meeting well, at Lendlease, yes. who was the founder of Lendlease and started from a block that of flats. That means he's older than I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, were the, they were the best AGMs, massive company, but Dick would still be talking to the ladies mm. who bought his shares right yeah. at the very yeah. start of the float. Now yeah. the sad news. Great history. Now the sad news. All right. Let me throw in my first Warren Buffett quote of the day. Most turnaround stories never actually turn around. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I, people would know, regular viewers would know, I, I tend to put a lot of emphasis on the quality of a business. Yep. Land lease, two decades ago, was regarded one of the quality businesses, household yep. names in Absolutely. Australia. They've lost that label. They're well, often still mentioned in that, in that category, but that's because of the past. Yep. Today, they're known in certain circles as the koala killers. And, and for example, uh, ethical investments has a lot of problems in justifying why they own land lease. Ah. Uh, it's a very much of a, where do you put your emphasis? Half, right. half, glass half full of half empty. Yeah. There's no doubt that the share price um, is cheap. It does look cheap. Yep. Um, if the things turn around, you can easily get, I'm just picking a number, 25, 30% within, within a few months uh, on the share price. Yeah. But, I'm having problems with the, the, the longevity of, of, of it. Like, it will, will it prove sustainable? Because the track record of land lease has been absolutely 
abysmal over the past 10, 15 years. Right. And if you would take a share price that, that goes that far back, you will see that in the share price. Right? Yeah. It has its periods and then it deflates again. And then it goes up again. And, and it's often based on the fact that people, the share market, tries to anticipate the turnaround. Yep. And I, I had a look yesterday at the, the market forecasts. And there is a big turnaround forecast for 2023. 20, so if those forecasts materialize, and you will probably see another peak like we just saw on that share price. But then my question is, is that is that then going to last? And I have my doubts, okay. given the track record. Okay. So I rather, uh, on a risk reward, I can see the attraction. Yeah. I mean, if, if they do get it right, and sometimes they do at some stage, yeah. then you can easily have your 25, 30%. Right. But uh, I would still treat it with caution. Okay. So, but not for you? No, not for me. Okay. Um, Kevin, when you look at that, that five-year chart, um, it's uh, share price immediately pre the March 2020 COVID crash uh, was near 20 bucks, just under $20. Yeah. And it's a long way back, isn't it? And just hasn't bounced at all. What do your filters say about it, the team invest filters? Well, it's interesting. I uh, interesting. Rudy mentioned the Buffett quote. That's one we use quite a lot. <laughs> so we don't look at turnarounds. Um, our filters. It doesn't meet our filters. Uh, it's made losses for the last two years. So that alone uh, uh, would knock it out of our filters. The other thing about it was, as Rudy says, it was very flat, very up and down a long time before that. The last time it actually met our filters, I was looking at it, was 2014. And that was only in a tri what we have a triage process, as you as you know, David, where we we look at a lot of shares and, and narrow them narrow them down, and that passed the triage because it passed our filters. It got into the triage, but we never actually looked at it in depth. So we never thought it was a good enough business to look at in depth. So that, if you like that 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 mm. reflects uh, what Rudy is saying, and I, I have to agree. I prefer to look at businesses that have solid good f fundamentals. And when we talk about turning around um, in 2023, the market turning around, um, what we aim to do is to be owners of the best businesses before that turnaround starts, because the best businesses will tend to outperform. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's based on fundamentals. So yes, I agree, it may turn around, it may do very well, um, but I can't see any way of being uh, confident that it will or confident in its uh, in its returns for the future. Mm, okay. All right. Kayla wants a view, uh, Kevin, on elders, the the agribusiness. Someone put it to me, uh, elders is like a agricultural listed investment company, but all of its different arms, it's everything from farms to real estate to feedlots to uh, um, uh, rural financing, the whole bit. Uh, what do you think of Elders? This is, um, yeah, this is an interesting business. It almost passes our filters. The only place it doesn't is in the stability of earnings. They're, they're not quite stable enough for us. Um, but it is an interesting business in that um, it, it does the picks and shovels, if you like, to uh, agriculture uh, that other businesses do to mining. Uh, agriculture itself Farming is a very, very tough business. They get very low returns traditionally, which is why over the long term you see uh, agribusinesses grow, uh, moving away from family farms into bigger and bigger agribusinesses in general. Um, but what 
they've done, what Elders has done, is taken a strategy of providing what what the farmers and the agribusinesses need. Uh, and as you say, they provide a wide variety of those picks and shovels, if you like, um, which I think could be a very, very successful strategy. Um, so it for us, it may well be one that if it if it comes into our filters in the future, it may be one that uh, we will look at in the future. Okay. Rudy, what do you think about us? We have a, sl a slightly different view, but, but, but pretty much related to Kevin. Kevin is getting boring here. We have to, we have to disagree a little bit more. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the characteristic of a conglomerate is that when the, the left-hand side is not really performing well, then the right-hand side should be performing yep. well. And that's, yep. that's the whole idea behind the elders. And, and it means it's, it should be all else being equal. It should be more reliable, less volatile than, than, than a grain right. corp or, or Tesla, for example. But in practice, it, it's, it, that's the theory. In practice, it seldom has done that. Um, although it has turned around, um, I think a lot of people who owned their bonds uh, got, got uh, shafted a few years ago, and that was part of the turnaround, the restructuring of elders. A lot of people like it because of that particular reason, the conglomerate feel, the fact mm. that they, they, they've restructured, uh, they should be less volatile. I still see a, a very, very much dependency on, on agriculture and the weather and yep. weather patterns that are changing and all of that. Um, for me, it's, it's too volatile. I mean, it can have a, a few good years, which it sort of has over the past two years. Yeah. But then what, what, what are the next two years going to offer? And that, for me, investing is about reducing your risk, not yep. about taking on risk. See, I'm surprised at the 12-month chart there. It, it uh, doesn't move. Five-year chart. It doesn't move. Yeah, 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 exactly. Is, but, that's, uh, that, but that's but the turnaround. Twelve months. It hasn't moved. Right? Yeah. It's a lot of volatility, but it essentially hasn't moved. No, no, and no. That's, so that's really I, and that's where that's where I can't get really excited. And I'm not so, not not necessarily because of the price action, but you also see that in in their financial metrics as well. I mean, right. for, the, for the next two years, there's no growth at, at this point in time priced in. Right. Um, okay. So the market is obviously waiting for for something to to come. And and if you if we're talking conglomerates, I mean, what's what's wrong with West Farmers? Yep. I mean, you get your agriculture, and you get your mining, and you get and you get your retail. Uh, yeah, it's not really. It's not completely no. the same, but in terms no. of conglomerates uh, yeah, yeah. and a much better track record. Oh uh, yeah. Well, West Farmers really is a, a listed private equity group, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Who do pretty well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, and, and much less dependent on the price of fertilizer. Yes. Or uh, property prices in rural, rural areas. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Nikki, Rudy wants a view on Aristocrat Leisure, the uh, the big gaming and technology company. Um, it's in sort of poker machines, casino management systems, um, right around the world. One of the biggest. Suppose you've got a. Oops. You're forgetting the twenty percent that matters most now, online gaming. Online. Yes. Well. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But. <laughs> So I suppose we'll look at this as an investment through an investment filter rather than an ESG filter. Which, yes, ESG. Which, which you overlay that from a private e ES, point of view. ESG, unfortunately, you've got to, uh, yeah, you've got to the do ESG that. investors are very strict yeah. and they won't allow aristocrat in. No. Um, let's start with some disclosure. Uh, I have been a shareholder in aristocrat for many, many years now. Yep. And this brings me, now we're on a roll, this brings me to another Buffett quote. What's my favorite holding period? Forever. 
Right. And, uh, and so I'm holding Aristocrat uh, for many, many years, and I do not intend to, uh, to sell it anytime soon. Right. I think this is one of the underappreciated growth stories in Australia. Mm. And Kevin earlier made a comment about how difficult it is for Australian companies to make inroads successfully and, and, and in the long run uh, internationally. Yep. Well, I say, well, that's, that's one part of the story. The other part is that the quality, good, managed, well-managed companies in Australia, they do it very, very well. Mm. And Aristocrat is one of those examples. Right. Global leader in, the, in, in gaming, in the casinos, and, and now obviously fighting its way into the top 10, top eight, top 10 in online gaming. And, and, and they're doing it at, at this point in time really, really well. What has held back the share price now? Well, they're, they're on the verge of um, acquiring a UK listed company. Yep. And there's a bit of a tussle going on. I mean, the shareholders on the other side want, want a better price. Yep. They're fishing for, for other suitors. Uh, some of them have, have indicated they might be interested. And the market is a bit worried that Aristocrat might have to overpay here, uh, which is always a risk. Yep. But um, I think as an investor, you have to look through these short-term obstacles. I think longer term, this company is still killing it. I mean, they right. in, the, in the casino sphere, they are the number one and they're really taking the wind out of the sails of all, of all the other ones. And in the same time, this, is, this obviously shows you the quality of management. They mm. are smart enough to see that they can't just rely on that alone. Yep. So they moved into that online space, which ultimately will take them into online casinos as well as in online betting yep. and in, in online gaming. I mean, kids on, yeah. on, 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 on an iPad. And uh, and so far they they uh, they're doing well with a, with a few very blockbuster. So are these prices. Is uh, well, I'm a shareholder. I'm biased, but yeah. I would personally think this is this is this is a share price. I mean, I remember having discussions with people when it was in the early 20s when I said it's going to be mid 30s. Yeah. Now it's below 50. Well, it's well below 50 now, but it should be a 50 dollar stock. Right. So that okay. gives you that gives you an idea about the potential upside. Okay, Kevin, aristocrat. Yes, I. Uh, uh, this is one again that almost passes our filter. The only the only thing that it doesn't is on debt uh, debt to equity, which is ninety percent at the moment by our calculations. Um, and it is an interesting one from our point of view because it regularly comes up in our triages, so it pops up as as passing our filters. And usually the members don't vote for it, uh, and the reason is, as Rudy says, uh, most of them, or the ones who don't vote for it, often object on the on the basis that it's a gambling stock. And we do have a number of members who won't won't touch gambling stocks. And there are a few members. There's one or two, uh, sometimes very vocal, that we should include it. So uh, it is one that is what it's one of those things that people either seem to love or hate. And uh, so. It is an interesting business. I think, as Rudy says, uh, they've done very well, uh, and particularly in, in starting to expand overseas, and they obviously run their business very well as well. Um, yeah, but it's just not one that comes up for us. Right, okay. If, if I can add something, uh, yep. uh, David, is one of the advantages of, of, of having so many detractors that don't want to go there is that it, it never gets inflated in the share price as much as, for example, a Ystack or an Appen or right. some of those very fast, right. hard growing. So the luxury here is that, that you, nev you never see the share price doubling in the short, but it then also doesn't half in the sell-off. Right, right. And that's, in essence, for a long-term investor, that's almost like a, a, a certain level of comfort that you get yep. extra 
Okay, well, then it's really uh, appropriate that Drew wants a view, Rudy, on Appen. Um, <laughs> the um, yes. uh, sort of dubbed as a, a technology artificial mm. intelligence yes. business, they, they basically sort of do all the manual work to feed into artificial intelligence. Uh, share price down 57% over the last 12 months. Uh, one of the worst performing on the ASX 200 Infotech Index. Yeah. Um, it's had a horrible run mm -hmm. and it's had downgrades for yeah. the last 12 months. Yeah. Not so long ago, real darling, as you can see, just 12 months ago, more than double the share price. Oh, I still remember it went 44, I think. So you probably yeah. have to go a little bit further. It would have been yeah. 43, 44. We'll bring up the, there, there we go. There you go. Um, so it's, uh, yes, so Apple. Turn around? No, no. No, in this case, no. I mean, I've, I've been a share, I, the share price between 2018 and 2020, there somewhere. I was shareholder back then. Right. Um, and that, those were obviously the good times. Uh, I think we all have to realize uh, those good times are never going to come back for Apple, unfortunately. Never. Never, never. The, the market dynamics have changed. And what exactly has changed in that period is that we, we had Appen growing to be the number one position in its industry at that time. Yeah. And having a very co-dependency with some of its main customers, yeah. the Googles, Googles uh, and, yeah. and the Microsofts. Now, that gave it a lot of pricing power and a lot of security in, 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 in basically in work coming through. But those customers, decided at some point that Apple was just too powerful, too much pricing power. So they literally changed the industry dynamics. Right. And, what they, and one of the things they've done is they, they have uh, taken a lot of work in-house yeah. because they thought if Apple can hire the people, so, so can we. Yeah. And they've also cut up anything they, they, they give to third parties. They cut it up in smaller bits and pieces, right. which basically means you get a lot more companies that can actually tender for right. that work. And, and the pricing power has completely been annihilated. Right. And, and there's just nothing that Apple can do about it. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, um, a lot of people would, would constantly think like, look where it has been, mm. look where it is. Mm. Yeah. Must be an obvious uh, uh, opportunity. And unfortunately it's not. Yep. Um, I think Apple is gonna struggle a lot uh, okay. over the years ahead. It sort of has to reinvent itself. Yep. And well, while companies are reinventing themselves, I like not to be around. Mm. All right. <laughs> Kevin? Yes, I, I agree with, uh, with Rudy. It's, uh, it's the old anchoring thing of anchoring on the past uh, share price and saying, well, if it's been there once, it must be able to come back, which is not necessarily the case. This is one we have looked at in the past. Um, it doesn't pass our filters at the moment, but um, we have looked at it in the past. And, and one of, certainly one of the biggest risks that we identified was exactly what Rudy says, that uh, its big customers uh, are savvy enough to say, well, we can do this ourselves because it's basically just humans training training the artificial intelligence. And people like Google, uh, they can do that in-house. They can do it themselves. So if Appen gets to be too successful, too big, and that's, uh, that's exactly what's happening. Mm. So it was a risk that we identified. And for that reason, it's not one that we've looked at recently. Yeah. And I, I have to say I agree entirely with Rudy that... Uh, I don't have confidence. Uh, I can't see how you can have confidence in its, its future earnings. Okay. All right, let's just recap our first five stocks and stock of the day for this half of the call. Boral or no from both Kevin and Rudy. Uh, Lake Resources, um, it'll be a sell from Kevin, uh, Rudy 
would take some profits, um, uh, get your original investment back and, and hold the rest because um, you never know what it's going to do. Lend lease a no from both, elders a no. Uh, aristocrat a no from Kevin, but uh, a yes from Rudy, who's been a long time uh, investor in aristocrat and says it's still underappreciated and Appen a no. Uh, here on the call, we've been tracking our own fantasy portfolio since the 1st of July 2020. Any stocks that get two thumbs up, two ticks from our expert panel goes in. If it comes up again and doesn't get a hold or a buy, it then goes out of the portfolio. Let's see how it's been performing. For the week, we're up 0.6%. Uh, for the month, down 1.5%. And for the year to date, financial year to date, since the 1st of July, we're up 17.7% since inception. Uh, from the 1st of July uh, 2020, I just squint, um, up 37%. Now, before we get to our next five stocks, uh, we've got a, a bit of an announcement. On the 1st <laughs> of March, we'll be launching a brand new fantasy portfolio a live fund that's high conviction with a much smaller basket of stocks. Now, how's that going to work? Well, we'll still be taking your requests and covering 11 stocks every day and asking our guests for a buy, hold or sell. So consider that the first filter. If the stocks get a unanimous buy or sell recommendation, they go through to a new investment committee, which will meet monthly. That committee will decide whether to add or remove the stocks from our fantasy portfolio, including maybe changing weightings. And the whole point of this is to give you more insights into how our experts think about portfolio construction. So each month, there'll be an extra edition of the call where we will take you inside that investment committee's meeting and you'll see how the fund is tweaked. If the committee needs more information to make a decision, for example, we'll bring in the CEOs of the portfolio companies to answer their questions. So keep sending in your requests. The current portfolio will stay as it is until the end of February and we'll unveil the initial fund on the 1st of March. So it will be an extra edition of the call where we will take you inside the discussions of the investment committee so you can see how the logic that they use, the way they argue, how they see a portfolio overall. And I think that's going to be useful. So that's coming up starting March the 1st. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools. Plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Um, let's continue with the second half of the call now, and we'll be uh, covering Centre Group, Lapidico, AI Media Technologies, Andromeda Metals, and Regis Healthcare. So, uh, uh, Kevin, first up, uh, Tyler uh, wants a view on Centre Group, which is the, uh, the operator of the Westfield Shopping Centres here in Australia and New Zealand. 42 living centres, 12,000 outlets. Uh, what do you think of Centre Group? 
Well, yes, uh, Centre Group is, uh, again, going back to our filters, it doesn't pass our filters. The uh, return on equity and return on capital are not, are not high enough for us. It's an interesting story with uh, shopping centres over the last few couple of years with COVID. And uh, like Rudy was talking about online gaming, um, retail has been moving online as well. And, and COVID, I think the COVID years have, have pushed that more strongly, which is shifting the power away from uh, shopping centres uh, more into the, the hands of the retailers. Um, and it's interesting, you've seen that uh, with a few retailers who have been negotiating hard with some of the shopping centres. Mm. In the past, uh, Westfield and its like have done very, very well because they've had a lot of power over retailers and they've been able to largely name their own conditions and their own prices. That, that seems to have been changing. And I think that is showing up in the, in the results of Centre Group as well, because if you look over the last uh, three or four years, um, it has been coming back. The, the returns have been coming back. And obviously, from your, from your chart here too, the uh, share price has been going down. So it's not one that, not one that we would look at. Yep. Rudy, Centre Group? Um, very boring broadcast today. Um, I'm not a big fan of Santa, I'm not a big fan of Santa Group either. But we have to realise that the reason why the share price is up this year is because it's 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 being played as a reopening trade. Yep. And 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 the reason why it's going up and why why uh, the, the outlook is better is because it comes from such a bad from such a bad place essentially. If you take a, if you take a view beyond that, yes, you get your dividends. Yes, it probably will will do well from the moment everything opens up and that play becomes uh, um, very popular in the share market. But I'm not a big fan of owning stocks for the dividends that have a rather weak or weakening fundamental position. And there's a lot of transition going on in this sector. Mm. I think if you want to go for, for dividends, which I'm assuming you are buying this stock, we're not buying this because it's going to double anytime soon. Right. Um, it's better to, to at the very least, by a, a, a dividend-paying company that has more strength and more security and more growth under the belt, because it secures your dividend, plus it, it combines your dividend with growth, right. which gives you over time a much better return. And um, um, Centre Group, there is still potential for disappointment there. So right. I, I, for that reason, I think there's much better, much safer, less risky like dividend. Uh, in this context, I, I can, I can <coughs> not doesn't happen very often, but I could actually add Telstra in this context. Mm. I think Telstra is a lot more secure, a lot less um, vulnerable to disruption at this point in time. And we, 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 we spoke about um, a borrow and asset sales uh, yep. earlier. F for the first time in a very long time, I am a shareholder in Telstra since, I think, January 2020. And the reason for that is, is because I saw the asset sales coming up and you, you will see that the share price today in Telstra is a lot higher over that period. And I think it will be a lot higher over the next two years on the back of those assets. Right. Okay. So asset sales are, can be, in the right context, a very valid right. uh, investment strategy. Okay. And you still get the dividends, yep. plus a higher share price, yep. plus whatever they do, if they, if they follow Borrell's uh, example, which they probably will, yep. is you get, you get, you get okay. the access from the assets. So, so you get the, the income. It's a, it's a really good point. Nathan and Gaurav threw in Whitehaven Coal yesterday, ah, yeah, yeah. based but on that as well. Take out the ESG filter, of course. And also, that's a commodity stock. So yeah, yeah. Telstra has, has the advantage 
of not having that volatility in, in the price of, of telephony yeah. services. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So there are a few options if you're a, an income investor. Um, Dave wants a view, uh, Rudy, on Lepidico, the mm. lithium um, group. They, they make lithium, by the sound of it, out of mineral sands, a different way of getting lithium. Well, 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 they're not, they're not doing it yet. So they, right. they started life as a, as a mining services provider. Um, yeah. Long story short, they, so they've, they've been around for quite a while. And I think the share price, what is it today? Four or five cents, something like that. Yeah. So it gives an yeah. impression that the share price has been a lot higher over the time. So they've survived. That's a good news. Yeah. But the interesting story, I have to admit, they, they have come up with something, with a new technology yeah. and, and, and to have an alternative to the existing supply of, 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 uh, of, lithium. of lithium. But, yeah. hey, this is technology. It's still yeah. in the technology stage, so it's still in development. Right. Investing in technology stocks, you can sort of, because that is what it is now. I mean, everyone buys it because it's lithium, because it's actually technology. So it's comparable now to, to biotech. You know, it yeah. doesn't necessarily give a, give a positive outcome. If it does, the share price will be many times higher. Yeah. So it's that, yeah. I mean, how much risk do you take on board? And you can, you probably have to, I mean, you can take the punt, don't put too much money of your portfolio in there. Right. Take a positive view. If they get it right, you, you make yeah. your money many times over. But I mean, in the meantime, it, it just moves probably on, on, on the lithium price, which shouldn't be that important at this point in time. It's all about will they manage to develop, to fully develop this new technology mm. and then actually get, get their product on the market. Right. And that's still a long way off. Because they reckon it's a lower cost way of getting lithium, isn't it? You, you take the lithium out of these... <laughs> like mineral sands yes, type thing. Yes, but we're not there yet. Okay, all right. And we may not get there. So, no, but unless well, it could be it's, a, high, it, a punt. It could be a very high, high rewarding position, yeah. but as a a, th there's no such thing as a... As a yes, exactly. It's yeah. a punt. Okay. All right. Uh, Kevin, I don't take team investors into punts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, had a, we had a discussion about this uh, a little while ago, if you remember, that yeah. all of us have, our, all of us have our, our risky portfolios, our small risky portfolios. But yeah. as, a, as a group, no, we don't, we don't tend to look would, at them. Would you put this in a risky portfolio? I, I, I wouldn't, no. Right. <laughs> I think it's in, in the, I mean, as Rudy says, we're, we're, we're agreeing too much here, Rudy. We have to, we have to come up with some disagreements. Uh, yes, no, it's never made a profit. Uh, if you look at the uh, outstanding shares, uh, it's capital raising the shares outstanding and marching upwards over the years in order to, in order to fund this stage of, uh, of making losses. So, yeah, no, it, uh, it wouldn't be one of ours. Okay. Uh, Phil wants a view on AI media technologies. Uh, Phil says... Uh, they recently released a very solid quarterly report. Sentiment in the stock seems to be poor, though. Will this latest report turn around their fortunes? Um, it's in um, captioning and transcription of uh, TV shows and a whole bunch of things. And um, when a couple of my colleagues um, had a go at Novak Djokovic during a commercial break, um, which made a lot of headlines because it was released out there. Um, it was an error from AI <laughs> media technologies <laughs> who were, weren't meant to be capturing at that stage or putting it out. So all of a sudden, everyone now knows what they do. Um, Kevin, what do you think <laughs> of AI media? 
Don't you hate it when the microphone's still on and you think it's yeah. off? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the first thing for this is it's, it was listed in uh, 2020, September 2020, so it, it's got no history for us, yeah. uh, basically. And I'm, I am familiar with their work. Uh, it's one of those companies that, you know, we use captioning every now and then, and you can see them credited at the end of the programs, you know, all the way through Australia. It could be a company that does very well. I gather they use a combination of uh, artificial intelligence and human expertise, that's the way they put it, to come up with the captions. Uh, my only thought is when I'm, when I'm at the gym and I'm watching the TV monitors that have the sound switched off and things are live, like uh, Sunrise was this morning, for instance, David, um, I wish the captioning would be a little bit quicker. Right. <laughs> I, guess they've got to, I guess they've got to work on that. Yeah, Rudy? Yeah, so for us, it, it, yeah. it's not no. one that has enough history yet for us to, uh, okay. to even start looking at it. Two, two things I can, I can add to this. One is the share price actually doesn't necessarily tell you anything how the market views the stock. Yep. Right? We've just gone through a period where the market made a big portfolio switch. Everything that was uh, loved last year, high, high PEs, uh, technology, healthcare, it all went out the window and it all, all got basically sold down at least 15%. And when you are a, a very young company, just newly listed, and you haven't proven anything, and you haven't shown anything, yeah. you are going you to get, get cast. You j exactly. You're just going to go out the window. Uh, the bathwater goes out, and there's no sign of a baby either. I mean, yeah. that, that's just yeah. how the market works. So that's not an indictment on the company itself. Having said so, and I've said this a couple of times in the past as well, I have this rule that I give, I give companies three or four years at least to prove themselves right. once they list. And why is that? Just look at the share price of Newix, for example. Yeah. I mean, that's newly, newly listed companies, they're always, I mean, I never understand this drive from investors to try to be there at the IPO or immediately after the IPO. Because most of those companies, their share price uh, peaks within a few weeks after listing, and you come back six months later and sometimes the price has halved. Yeah. I mean, so wh where's the rush? Why the rush? I mean, um, if I, can talk about my own experiences. I bought into companies like Webcore, Zero, um, Ystack, um, relatively, you know, briefly after listing, but not within a few months. I yeah. still waited a year, two years, three years, because if it's really good company, there's plenty yeah. of chance to get on board. Yeah. Right? I bought Zero be see, below see, people $30. get in early and get gratification out of that early marketing yes, spike. Yes. Yes, uh, but when when the brokers yes, want to make sure, yes. if you're in it for that, get out. Yes, exactly. Once you've made your money, because, because don't stay. Because yep. I mean, I haven't done the numbers, but just of anecdotal evidence, if I would have gone through all the IPOs from last year, yep. they're all down. Yeah, pretty much all of them. Yep. Right? So where's the rush? I mean, yep. give, give the companies the chance to prove themselves. If it's a really good company in three years' time, you will get your chance. Okay. As an example, I, I bought zero below thirty dollars. Right. Uh, Look how high it still is today after, after a, f uh, a big, big, big sell-off. Yeah. Um, and that gives you an example. You don't have to be there at, at the dollar. Yeah, so right? too early. Too for, for me, it's too early. Okay. All right. Six years for us. Six years six, for us. Six years uh, for yeah, yeah we, we actually did a study a little while ago on our, our wealth winners or, you know, our good companies. And we found that when we go into companies less than six years, uh, it, it, it's, our performance is significantly worse than companies oh. that have had a history of six years. So that yeah. was an interesting study um, on our part.
That is interesting. And that's probably also uh, joining into the fact that you want to reduce your risk while you invest. Yeah. And of mm. course, if you have six years of data, there's a way of reducing your risk yeah. because you can better assess which yeah. one is more and durable and sustainable. Yeah. The best run companies, if you wait, and this is a Buffett thing, if you wait, the share price will often come down to uh, what you desire. I don't know if you remember, David, a while ago we were talking about Technology One. Yes. And the share price was quite high. You asked me uh, when would I buy, and I, uh, my initial response was around $50, maybe a little more. And that seemed like an extremely high price, but not long ago it actually came down to $50. Right. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait 50? Yes, 50? yes, I did pick some up along 50? the way. Are not, you saying not at 50? 50? It was a bit above 50. 10. Share, $10. Share maybe. price of. Uh, sorry, 10. Yes, 10. Right, right. $10. <laughs> I, right. I got 50. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Thinking of mineral I'm thinking of mineral resources. No, yeah, $10. It was uh, $10 that, we, uh, that it came down to, and I picked some up uh, a little above that. So, yeah. uh, did you, Rudy? You're a technology I, one I am still, I'm still a shareholder. That's why I knew $50 yeah, was yeah. a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that $50. Uh, no, I'll Rudy, be yeah, that Rudy has talked about good. technology one ever since. The call has been going. Including so, today. Yep, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of someone, uh, something that shot the light, light, lights out in the last month, Andromeda Metals. Reese wants a view on that. Uh, Rudy, they've got been granted a mining lease in the Great White Kaolin project. Yeah. Um, and share price up, what, almost a third in the yeah. last month. Just, just, a, just a funny side remark. Kaolin is one of those uh, substances that if you put it on your tongue, it actually glues to your tongue. It doesn't oh. come off. So you can, you can do some tricks with it. Oh. And I know this because many, many years ago, we had another Kaolin producer who gave a presentation that there's one of the gimmicks there. Oh. <laughs> that was one of the party <laughs> but, tricks. <laughs> uh, the, pr I mean, the problem I have is I, mean, I, I have no means of analyzing the Kaolin market. Apparently, right. it's, a, it's a very large, very mature market. It's uh, kaolin is used in, in a wide variety of industries, uh, and it seems like um, uh, we need a little bit of extra over the years. But I think, in general terms, um, it's still a commodity. These uh, guys, I mean, they are they are apparently the most advanced on the ASX. But hey, <laughs> they're still not producing, and they're yeah. still dependent on what happens to kaolin. So um, I, I would use the same caution. As, as we've as we've expressed with uh, some of the other developers, with, the, with it, it, like resources, it is still a developer. Right. I mean, and uh, it's better to have them in the honeymoon time than when right. they actually start producing. So, um, would you, if you had the thirty percent increase, yeah, like with like resources, would oh, you? Oh, maybe t take your initial take your money out. Yes, exactly, and let yeah, the yeah. rest run and take see how it profit. goes. Kevin. Yes. Yes, I agree. This is not one that's made a profit. Um, and again, they're raising capital all the time. So uh, unless you keep putting in there, they're, they're going to dilute you and you end up funding their losses. And like Rudy, I know nothing about Kalen. I presume it's a commodity. So again, there's, I expect there's very little pricing power. Um, so yes, it, it's not really one that uh, would come up on our radar. Okay. Um... Kevin, what about uh, Regis Healthcare? Seb wants a view on that. That'd come up on your radar, wouldn't it? The uh, the big uh, they're into residential respite care, um, private hospital, aged care homes and facilities. It is. It's it's a business that we would look at, except for its uh, numbers at the moment, uh, and that's largely debt. Now we would have to look at that debt because it could be in uh, debt. Uh, in property, 
Right. Uh, it could no be license. leases. I don't yeah. know. Don't know. It could be leases, um, which uh, leases are, if you like, can be considered to be better quality debt than uh, just bank debt, um, interest paying debt. Although it is still, it just does still present some risk. So we'd have to look at that. Um, aside from that, uh, the earnings per share have been going down the last few years. So again, that that means that uh, we'd have trouble having confidence in the earnings going forward. But as a, a business, uh, we certainly have nothing against um, the healthcare businesses and the kind of aged care and that sort of thing. Um, if it performs well, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have a look at it. Okay, Rudy? Ah, finally. We have to wait until the 10th stock. We have disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, one, th here's one thing I learned from, from uh, my, sh my brief career, I should say. Um, it not, it's not always what it looks on at face value. And I, th I think while, it, while one of the attractions of this industry is that it's, it's catering for an, a, an aging population. Yep. Wow, tick, right? A lot yep. of investors go like, tick, that's what I want. But if you dig deeper into that industry, it's, I mean, it's, it's not looking great, you know what I mean? Staff is under, 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 underpaid, there's not enough staff, the customers are complaining, uh, they're, they're being talked into contracts where they can't get out, uh, and it's essentially a property play to a very large extent, and it's very much dependent on the government subsidizing it yeah. and setting the rules. Um, so what, that, long story short, if the industry dynamics are not supportive and are basically that shaky, then the companies in that industry, they cannot provide investors with a sustainable and long-term ongoing shareholder rewards. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens on occasion and then it drops away because the industry is not, su is not supportive. And I think this industry in dynamics is just bad. And the, the Royal Commission means their costs And the Royal Commission has basically, <laughs> has, has, has basically opened that up, yes, yeah, and, and yeah. shown how bad it internally it is. Having said so, this is regarded the highest quality operator in that sector. But if this is the highest quality, then I don't want, I don't want even want to consider the other ones. Right. right? Okay. So for me, that's that's a big no-no. I'd rather have an industry that that really takes care of me, where management at the company at the helm of the company has a much easier job to creating shareholder value. Sure. Uh, let's recap the final five stocks. Uh, Center Group, uh, a no from both uh, Kevin and Rudy. Uh, Rudy saying if. If you want an income stock, a, a dividend play, you still want the growth there. You'll get dividends out of centre, but maybe not the growth potential. Um, he suggested Telstra could be a better op option to get both. Uh, Lapidico is uh, a no from Kevin, basically a no from Rudy, but saying if you want, want a punt, uh, it might, you might put it in the punting part of the portfolio. Um, AI Media, um, no, too early for both of them. It's really a, a recent listing. Andromeda, a no from Kevin. If you've had the 30% spike that's been through in the last month, uh, maybe have the, the, the same strategy as Lake Resources, get your investment out of it uh, so you got your money back and keep the rest going. And Regis Healthcare, a no from both. Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FNRN. Always good to see you, mate. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure. Love it when he brings in a bit of romance in his uh, explanations as well. <laughs> and Kevin Robinson from Team Invest. Mate, good to see you. Thank you again for, good to uh, see you too, David. for your last hour or so. Uh, that's our show for today.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 